Jackson State versus Alabama State gives us quality football in just a little bit. And I mean a little bit of drama. Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Family, welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, aka the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make it locked on HBCU, your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And nowadays, every single new hire can feel like a high stakes wager. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team for free and faster. All you have to do is post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Friday. It's Friday. So you know what that means. Well, Friday on the football season, we're doing game of the week, and this time we have Alabama State versus Jackson State. We're not having just one HBCU in this matchup like we did last week, so we'll have two keys of or two keys to victory, but one apiece for each squad to wrap up the show. We'll have two storylines to watch for in this game, and we have three matchups. So without further ado, I know my everydayers know the routine, but for those who are new and getting acclimated to the system, that's what Fridays are going to look like until football season is over, until the celebration bowl. This is what Fridays look like. Our matchups, we feature one of the most premier matchups that you will see in the SWAC this year. I don't just mean in this game, like, yes, this is the highlight matchup in this game, Irv Mulligan versus Colton Adams. But this is also one of the best matchups you're going to see because obviously they're not going to go against each other every single play. This isn't a wide receiver cornerback type of matchup, but I expect them to see each other quite a bit. And I could argue that the winner of those collisions could decide the outcome in this game, especially if those collisions are close to the line of scrimmage. If you're seeing Irv Mulligan break Colton Adams' tackles, now you're seeing Jackson State's offense be able to move. But you could neutralize that by being a sure tackling linebacker. But the reason I say this is one of the most premier matchups is we had this matchup of Irv Mulligan versus Isaiah Major. But it wasn't this. And that's not a slight at Major. I love Isaiah Major, right? I love those FAMU linebackers, genuinely, right? But we didn't know exactly who Irv Mulligan was at that time. Irv Mulligan was a guy who just had a great game against South Carolina State. He was still kind of coming onto the scene. But now he's established. Now he's a player who I believe should be a SWAC Offensive Player of the Year candidate. You're looking at a guy like Bubba Adams who is a SWAC Defensive Player of the Year candidate. A guy who, both of these guys are one of the best at their position, if not the best, right? There's arguments that they're the best at their position. And we get to see them go against each other 
and you know that Jackson State's going to establish the run, and you know that Alabama State is coming out with a purpose to show that we can stop the run. And a lot of that is going to be Mulligan versus Adams, whether that's in space, whether that's in the hole, making a lot of contact, and I can't wait because, like I said, we have quality football. The drama is minuscule, and we'll get into that in segment two, but the quality football is everywhere. Just like Mulligan versus Adams is a quality matchup, a premier matchup, one of the premier matchups in this game is Keyshawn Johnson versus the Jackson State secondary. Because I think that the specifically the cornerbacks, though, this is not hyperbole. It might sound dramatic, but I'm being honest. Johnson is the heartbeat of the Alabama State passing attack. He is. That wide receiver is everything for them. Let's let's get into it. There's only been one game where he was shut down. One game where he was shut down, right? And that was against Alcorn. He had four catches, or excuse me, three catches for four yards. He didn't do much that game. They had 96 total yards passing in that game. Every other game that this year, every single other game outside of Alcorn, Keyshawn Johnson by himself has had 99 or more yards. When he had four, they had 96. He is the heartbeat. When he was cold, you felt no pulse. Ironic, they end up going to overtime. They scored, they scored 20 points in that game, but it wasn't because of the passing attack. Two touchdowns on the ground in that game. Keyshawn Johnson is the heartbeat of this passing attack. And if you want to neutralize them, and you didn't need him to get shut down. You didn't need three for four to find this out. I could have told you that when he was going for 100 yards against Southern. I could have told you that when he was going for 100 yards against Miles, right? There's nobody else who has shown me they're going to step up if it's not Keyshawn Johnson. So if I want to neutralize the passing attack, I'm going to neutralize Keyshawn Johnson, right? It's it's really, really simple. And then the last one, we're going to get a little bit more broad. Now, we have Keyshawn Johnson versus the Jackson State cornerbacks. But right now, how about just Jackson State's pass-catching weapons of all kind, specifically the wide receivers and tight ends, versus the Alabama State secondary? And the reason I say that is because they're a strength of that defense, the secondary. They really are. But you got an array of weapons over there for Jackson State. You know, you're looking at the two tight ends who I'm kind of surprised they haven't used a lot, but I did like them. I like Riley. I like Stevens. I think they're capable. You got guys like Fabian McCray and Seven McGee who were really good last week. Both guys that T.C. Taylor said we've been waiting for them to come along, especially Seven McGee. I know he had a lot of hype coming into the uh, into the season during, during the offseason, all of that. So it's kind of like, OK, I'm named for it. And then you got Rico Powers and Duke Miller. Like these are guys, Isaiah Spencer. Like this is what, seven guys that I just named? That's a lot of players, man. That's a lot of players that you have to deal with. And you never know who's going to get the ball. That's the beautiful part is that you spread the ball around. And I want to wrap up real quick. I want to wrap up real quick, but I want to double back to um, I want to double back to Mulligan versus Adams because there was something I forgot to mention. And I want to highlight how big of a deal this is. Let's look at not just Adams, but Alabama State as a rush defense, period. These are the leading rushers against Alabama State in each game. We're not talking about totality, but those numbers aren't great either, just so you know. But we're looking at leading rushers because Mulligan is more than likely going to be the leading rusher for Jackson State. Southern, the leading rusher, went eight carries for 30 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. FAMU, seven uh, rushes, 27 yards, 3.9 per carry. 
Alcorn, five for 24, 4.8 yards per carry. So none of those teams had a large sample size from their lead rusher. Because you remember, we're only talking about one guy. We're not talking about the team. Then you get to Bethune-Cookman, and their guy had 22 for 73, 3.3 yards per carry. So as the sample size increases, it's not like the yards per carry go up for real. Even when it's small, there's no big runs. There's no big runs for real. So you're looking at a dominant rush defense, but just as good as Alabama State is at stopping the run, Irv Mulligan is that good at running the football because we're looking at, what, 30, 27, 24, 73. Irv Mulligan has had one game this year where he rushed for less than 77 yards. One game. He's had one game where he rushed for less than 4.8 yards per carry. So you're talking about one game close to what Alabama State has held everybody else to. Irv Mulligan is a swack offensive player of the year type running back. Alabama State is a defense of the year type defense. These are two really good, these are two strengths. These are two teams or one team and, and one player kind of going big on big, going against each other, where you're looking at Alabama State, who has held almost every lead running back that they faced to real small numbers. Meanwhile, the only time that Irv Mulligan was held to small numbers was against Texas State, where he had 12 for 44. That's it. When he's playing FCS, like that's it. Every other, he got multiple hundred yard games, back to back hundred yard games coming into this. This is a is a battle of strength that I cannot wait to watch. Now, as we move forward, let's get into some of the storylines and a little bit of drama. That kind of carries over from last year, but I think it's really going to be mostly on the fans who carry that who is swack torch. And I'll expand on that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, and LinkedIn is the perfect place for all of my small business owners. Now, if you're a small business owner and you haven't been using LinkedIn, shame on you. All right, because it's over 800 million people on LinkedIn on a daily and weekly basis. You can find the right fit for your team for free. Who doesn't like free? Right? There's no risk to it. There's no cost. I go in there. I put down, post my job for using a purple hashtag hiring frame and those who see it apply. And I get to vet and I get to see who these people are and I get to know them before I even bring them in because the right fit for your team can take you over the top. The right fit for your team can be the reason that you go from being a B-level unit to being an A-plus level unit. So LinkedIn will help you elevate yourself from that B to an A-plus. All you have to do is go to LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, we also have our live show. So make sure if you if you do miss it, it'll still be up there on the YouTube page. But it helps you just be a smarter college football fan and understanding exactly who or what games that you need to be looking for over the weekend. Now, I have a couple of storylines I want to get into. I want to keep rolling with. Um who is Swack? Let's not kid ourselves. This is something that I'm actually surprised is not more of a talking point. Of course, the coaches were asked about it during the weekly presser, as I think they kind of should be. Like, let's be honest. Once upon a time, I, I think I asked one, 
I ain't asked one tough question. I asked a couple of tough questions. But I remember my first tough question that I ever asked. I think it was that one. Right? Well, the first one I really remember. It was either first or second, bro. It was when I was in college. But the first tough question I really remember asking was about a player at Texas Southern who had gotten a fight last time he was in this area. I don't remember what team it was or what the area was. I think it might have been, honestly, it might have been one of the Alabama teams, and I think he might have been going to the SWAC tournament. And I asked him about that. Didn't want to answer me. It was fine. But that's real. The the idea, like, oh, we, we left that in the past. Why are you bringing it up? Because that's the story, man. People want to know. That who is SWAC from last year? That he ain't SWAC. People want to know. But here's the thing. Dion ain't there no more. So I don't know if this is going to be big drama because – yeah, TC was there, but he didn't say about TC, and he wouldn't say about TC. It don't add up. Him and TC got that same bond. They both are swag. They both played in the swag, now coaching the swag. They're, they're, they're swag, you know? So he wouldn't say that about TC Taylor. And I thought both coaches did a really good job dismissing it. They really kind of, I felt like they kind of pressed Eddie Robinson about it. But I thought Coach Rob did a good job about it, you know, just broke down what he thought was swag and Dion ain't there no more. They put up a picture of Dion after beating him in the spring. He's not there no more. But what I do believe, and a lot of the players aren't there anymore for Jackson State. TC is a holdover. TC rolled over, yes. But I don't think he's going to take it personal. I really like TC. When I see how he operates, I really am a fan of how TC Taylor operates and how he delivers the information in the uh, pressers. He did a good job dismissing this. But I, what I do think is that it's going to be a thing amongst the fans. I believe that fans might be sitting there, especially Alabama State fans, probably talking before, like, man, y'all ain't got prime no more, X, Y, and Z. Y'all ain't – not y'all ain't swag, but it's just we're going to whoop y'all now because of this. The who. And I could see Jackson State, who probably doesn't care about the whole who is swag thing anymore, saying, well, guess we still swag. Like, I could see that being a thing. But amongst the players, I don't know. I just I, I kind of think that's dead in the water. Coach Robinson said it. He was like, man, you know, I don't really think that's a story anymore. I wouldn't agree with you, but I get what he's saying. It's been a long time since then, and a lot of the 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 most important piece isn't there. Like we can just cut it short there. That's why they won't care. But the fans are fans, and I think that would be the source of trash talk. One thing I will say happened is in that rant of he ain't swag. Coach Rob asked Jackson State to schedule them for their homecoming. It happened. I don't know. I highly doubt they were like, oh, you want that? Let's put it down. Like, I highly doubt that's how it happened. But overall, yeah, it happened. So I think that's cool. But I've spent more time talking about that than I really should. The real storyline here, the biggest storyline here, the most important and actual relevant storyline here is is Alabama State in that class. We spoke about this with Alabama A&M a week ago in Jackson State. The way that JSU beat up on them, I felt like they were not in that class. That's how I felt. But the thing about Alabama State is I've, I feel pretty comfortable. I feel okay calling them number three. I think FAMU is one. I think Jackson State is two. I feel okay calling Alabama State number three. But just because they're number three doesn't make it a big three. Now, I, I kind of hinted towards this with, with Texas Southern. And I said, look, I felt like it was a big three coming in. I'm not moving off of that. Just because the season didn't go the way I thought it would, especially with health, I ain't moving off of that. I said what I said. And at the beginning of the season, in the offseason, in the preseason, I always said I thought it was a big three with Southern, Alcorn, and TSU. But one thing I did say probably a couple of weeks 
into the season as reflecting, even if you didn't want to call it a big three, I thought TSU was three. So you can be three without being a just because everything everybody doesn't need a big three. And sometimes you got to realize that upper echelon, that top level, everybody isn't included. Perfect example. And hopefully this analogy hits. Big Sean, the rapper. I you you could not tell me back in the day that it wasn't a big four with Kendrick, Cole, Drake and Sean. You couldn't tell me it wasn't a big four. I love Sean music, right? You couldn't tell me that was not the case. But everybody kept saying top three, big three, big three, big three. I don't even know. I ain't a big three, bro. It's a big four. Sean in there. I came to realize he was not in there. <laughs> it was indeed a big three. However, it was still no disrespect to Sean because he was still great. He was still talented. He was just number four, and it happened to be a big three. That could be Alabama State, but it's time for them to prove exactly where they land. Are they a part of a big three, or are they just number three? Are they even number three? That's something that really should be a conversation, but I don't think we have that at this week. I think as the season goes on, you answer the question of are they three. But overall, um, and it's not about win and loss. It's about how it happens, you know, because you lost the fam, you really close. If you lose to Jackson State close, I'd probably still be willing to say that it's a it's a big three. It's just about how it happens, about how it happens. You might just end up being the definitive third person in a big three. That happens, but that doesn't make it not a big three. You know, like, as long as you are an upper echelon team, I felt like you could be a championship contender. I've never been a full believer, but I've always been a full hoper. I never was a full believer, but I was a full hoper because I really like their defense and I feel like they have a championship defense. So I would love to say that they are a championship caliber team because I'm a guy who really does love defensive play. Now let's move forward. We have a key to victory and defensive play is the key to victory for pretty much both teams because that's what is going to be a defensive game. But we'll get into exactly what that means. Excuse me. And then also the keys to victory for each squad. As we wrap up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, if you put some money down on Kansas City, I believe the spread was 10 and a half. So you made a little bit of money on that if you bet on Kansas City. And once again, the Chiefs knock off. The Broncos. So just a little bit of something, something for you. But at FanDuel, if you didn't win and you put down $5, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets. Maybe putting some money down on the Saints. Maybe some putting, putting some money down on the on the charges. Who knows? But regardless, if you're new to FanDuel and you put down $5, you will get $200 back in bonus bets. Win or lose, doesn't matter. You cannot catch an L on your first time with FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can get down with the NBA, the WNBA, because I don't know how much longer that's going to be going on. I don't. The Mace is going crazy. You can get down with the NFL. get down on the MLB. You can get down with all of it. But you got to be at FanDuel.com slash locked on to make every moment more. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three, and I appreciate you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. We have our key to victory, so we really have one. I said it like it was two, but it's one apiece. It's three, two, one. That's how we count down on the show, and then it's game time. 
But we have a key to victory for Jackson State. We have a key to victory for Alabama State. And I'll kick it off with JSU for them. I feel like it's simple in thought process, but it doesn't always work out. Everybody aims to do it. But that's to make Alabama State one-dimensional. Everybody looks to make their opponent one-dimensional. Make them have to pass the ball. Put them in a situation where they have to do this. And really, one-dimensional just means pass. Because anytime you can run, if you're one-dimensional running, that just means you're probably blowing them out. But uh, but overall, yeah, it's probably take the runaway. Make them one-dimensional. And for Alabama State, it's a little bit different. Because Bama State hasn't proven that they could really score points for real. So you make them one-dimensional, you're feeling good. You're feeling, man, you're probably feeling amazing if you're telling me that Alabama State only can pass the ball. Okay, yeah, we're feeling great for that. So that's a struggling offense and a really good defense. If you can get them behind, that's kind of what they said about Alabama A&M. Coach TC said this about Alabama A&M. We were able to make them one-dimensional. If you can treat the same, or you can treat the other team in Alabama the same way, you're probably winning this game. If at any point I sit there and be like, man, they're one-dimensional, I'm, I'm going to bet you. If at any point I can say that, I'm going to bet you that Jackson State won the game. So it's really simple there. Um, then you look at Alabama State and allow me to reiterate a couple of you know points. They have a struggling offense and they have a really good defense. So their key to victory is to play good defense. I'm right-handed. Bring it down a little bit. I'm right-handed. I'm going to lean onto my right hand. I don't do much with my left. I tried to tight with my left hand the other day. It was some of the worst texting I've ever done. I don't use my left hand. I don't use my weak side. I lean on my dominant side. Most people do the same. Most people lean on what they do well. You can't avoid touching the ball. You have to play offense, right? So you want to be able to get some production. I'm not telling you to just always play defense all game and hope that you get pick six and fumble six. Like I'm not saying that. But you're going to lean on what you do well. You're going to hope that your your, uh, your defense holds you up because they're dominant. Meanwhile, your offense has to get something going. And what's going for them is be able to put some points on the board and end drives and points as much as you can, field goals, touchdowns. For me, if I'm Alabama State, I'm not getting in field goal range and then going for it on downs. I feel like points are at a premium. I'm getting points. Anytime, anytime I have the opportunity. But possibly most importantly, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Do not shoot yourself in the foot. You're looking at Alabama A&M, who played Jackson State last week. Let me tell you how many times they shot themselves in the foot, whether that's with bad punts, uh, losing a turnover battle because of that, turnovers, um, just, just bad offense. Like That's shooting yourself in the foot. You cannot give Jackson State as many short fields as Alabama A&M did, right? So let's look at it. JSU started five drives in Alabama A&M territory, and that resulted in four touchdowns and a field goal. So that's 31 points that came off of drives that started in enemy territory. All right, cool. Got you there. They have another touchdown drive where they started on the 42. That's 38 of the points, 37. However, I don't know. I think they missed a field goal or an extra point at some point in there. Like, that's only what they only have one more scoring drive after that. So you can't do that. They they you can't allow Jackson State to put up 40 points and only have one drive in which they drove more than 60 yards. Can't happen. 
You cannot do that. You can't give them the ball on your 40. Can't give them the ball on, on their 40. That's just way too short of a drive. And that comes from three and outs. That comes from losing a turnover battle. That comes from turnovers. That comes from all of those things. You got to make them earn it. Jackson State is a quality offense. You have to play good defense because guess what? As quality as JSU is, I believe they faced two good defenses this year within the SWAC. They played FAMU, and in that game, they got clamped up. They played Southern, and that game, they aired them out. Right now, they're one and one against good defenses. I believe Alabama State to be a good defense. What are you going to do? What situation are you going to be in? Are you going to make them two and one? Are you going to make them one and two against good defenses? I'll tell you what, your offense having situations where your defense has to make a goal line stand to win the game. I don't like doing that. Don't put that pressure on your defense. Allow them to be able to do what they do well, which is play suffocating defense, but not have to do it every single drive. They should be able to slip up a little bit, allow a, a 10-yard catch, a 15-yard catch, and still be able to get off the field. That's the way that I look at it, but we'll see what the game happens, man. I mean, we'll see what happens in the game. Three matchups, a premier matchup. You have a, honestly, a storyline that I can't wait to see, which is not who is SWAC, more so is Alabama State a part of the big three? Is there even a big three? Or is it just two big dogs like it was last year and the year prior? And then also the key to victory. It's a defensive game. Both teams need to play good defense, but specifically Alabama State, and they might have to play it for longer because I don't think they have the margin for error that Jackson State's offense does, or excuse me, Jackson State's defense does. But that's our show. That's our preview. Look out for those matchups. Look out for those storylines as we lead up and then also come out of the game, and then our key to victory within the 60 minutes could really tell you who's going to come up with the dub. But I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back on Monday with this episode, recapping this game and everything in between. So until next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.